But um, let's go ahead and get started, Jabari. I know you've got uh, a hard out <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> All good. All good. So uh, welcome back, everyone. Brigham Young Money is back here again. Um, we've got a special guest with us. Greg, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce our lovely guest. Yeah, this is my man. Uh, we connected on Twitter, I don't know, like six or so months ago, started following each other, just like part of NBA Twitter discourse. But this is my man, Jabari Davis. Uh, what's your, can you, can you tell the people your handle? I should know it, but no, no worries. No worries. Jabari Davis NBA. I definitely appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm stoked about this. And Jabari is well known as the co-host of the dunks and discourse podcast. That's with Josh Eberly, right? Yes. Yeah. And he is a aspiring savage by Rihanna boxer model. (laughs) Hey, I'm just trying to get a chance. We all just want a chance. That's all it takes, man. Like we are huge advocates for shooting shots, obviously as basketball fans. <laughs> I shoot from I shoot from the moon. I don't care. Yeah. Hey man. Sometimes those go in. I, I'm really holding out hope for you in particular. <laughs> but yeah, so we brought we brought Jabari in here. We're talking, we're talking uh we're you know, part of our back to brunch series, we're, we're doing <laughs> more focus on, on sports. And, um, and as, as a Utah sports podcast, uh, tangentially, we kind of want to, we need some outside vindication in talking about the jazz because I, you know, I was like Bane. I was born in the darkness. I like my, <laughs> my earliest sports memories is watching Michael Jordan destroy me, my family, my neighbors that had all gathered together. In but this, it wasn't like, just home. But it wasn't just MJ. Like MJ was like the cherry on top. But like we watched Hakeem destroy well, our yes. teams. We watched. Clyde Drexler Gary destroy Payton. our teams. Gary Payton and Sean Kemp destroy our teams. Like I got the majority of my coping mechanisms and like my my ability to deal with adversity as being a jazz fan. Yeah, and like burned into my brain is just one of those Jordan shots. That's just like I refuse to watch the Jordan documentary that came out last year. <laughs> I'm not. I can't do it. So Jabari, tell me. Just historically, what has been your opinion of the Utah Jazz, just as an organization over the years? All right, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give. You, I'll straddle the fence, but I'll give you both. Uh, as an organization, you know the Jazz has been fantastic. I'm, you, know, you know, without question, um, they've been a rival. So the other side of this is, I haven't hated the Jazz since the nineties. If that, if that, if that makes it any go. better, if that there makes it go. any better yeah. for, you know, for your audience. No, uh, look, the Jazz have always been a rival. I grew up in Los Angeles, you know, during the '80s and '90s. So obvious, you know. So I mean, you, you know where you know where yep. you know, where my yep. allegiances, uh, you know, lie. Um, but for the first time in a while, I, I won't lie to you. This is the, this is a Jazz team that I believe in. Um, it took me a while. You know, like I, you know, the first you know first couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, you know, that's great, that's great. But at 20 and five, it's pretty it's pretty difficult to de- you know to de- yeah. to deny them at this stage. Yeah, like I think the litmus test usually is like a quarter, give it a quarter of the season. And then you usually by then have enough of a sample size to be able to kind of delineate who's who in the NBA. And I think the Jazz have proven, you know, they they just went on a 3-0 and road trip and beat three Eastern Conference playoff teams. Uh, one of those games was an early game with fewer than like 48 hours of rest with a tip off of 11 o'clock mountain time mountain time yeah, at the Pacers without my, without Mike Conley. And they came in and, and played like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert played like two of their most dominant games of the season. Yeah. And I think that was just like a scheduled loss too. Like that was just one of those, like you're going in just like, we're not going to do it tonight, guys. It's just not in the cards. And they went in and they battled and they won. So this is this is a jazz team that would have not have done that in the past. Yeah. And that's that's what scares. That's what scares me. This all scares <laughs> me so bad because I can feel I can feel that like we're going to get there. I can feel the hope creeping up in a way that makes is is incredibly unsettling because good things don't happen to this organization. <laughs> um I'm just and, not ready to get hurt again. 
I'm not, dude. I'm really not. So you can't be Bane and then say you're not ready to get hurt again. No, no, <laughs> no. Kyle said he was Bane. I am a person with a tender heart who has been hurt so many times over the years. Yeah. Are you, are you all still worried? Like you know, I, and I've seen the conversation. I'm guilty of it of having it on Dunks and Discourse. Are you worried about like 82 game team versus 16 game team situation? I'm worried we're the Bucks. I'm worried we're the East, the Western Conference Bucks, and. That said, I think I think Quinn Snyder's a better coach than Mike Budenholzer, but I and I think the Jazz are more well-rounded than the Bucks. Um, but man, I've just I, I I the reality is that like if LeBron weren't in this league, I'd feel a lot better right now. <laughs> that's, that's that's the that's the thing that hurts the most is like we we without Jordan we have two rings without LeBron maybe we have one this year but like I just ah man that's the thing it's like when you're playing Mortal Kombat as a kid and you finally get to like uh Shang Tsung and like you beat everyone else and like you've arrived and then right. like you have to spend the next six <laughs> months getting your ass kicked by Shang Tsung because you can't beat him like LeBron is LeBron is the final boss yeah. and like my favorite is that Shea Serrano uh, flowchart where he just says, does your team have LeBron James? Yes or no? <laughs> will you be in the finals? <laughs> yes. Yes, you have LeBron. Okay, your team will be in the NBA finals. Yeah. Does your team – like? and if you if you say no, no, your team loses in the conference finals. That's, yeah. that's how it is. I will admit it's a lot nicer on this side of things because I was one of those folks like five years ago thinking like, man, this guy can't keep doing this. This yeah. guy can't. And now I'm like, no, no, keep, hey, keep going. Keep going, please. Keep, keep yeah. this up. He's literally, he's that, that fucking Breaking Bad meme. He can't keep getting away with it, dude. He just like, I don't know, man. You just watch it. Some You just watch him sometimes and you're just like, like what do you literally, you can't do anything. It's, it's, it's absurd. So like, did you watch that? I'm, I, I assume you watched that game last night. Oh yeah. And like yeah. when, when the Lakers were down 20, mm-hmm. like, it was weird watching that because like there was no trepidation. I was like, they're gonna come back. This is what they do. And then like it's 105, 102, and they get the ball of the to LeBron. And, and when he took that little that little step to get into his shot, I was like, Well, it's it. It's, it's even done. even when like Dort gets an incredible stop on him mm-hmm. at the end of the game, yeah. then LeBron makes an incredible defensive play to seal the the win after that. It's just like come on. I knew the Lakers were back when I started to be annoyed by wins. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I watched that. I watched that game. And normally, you know, on the timeline, I play it casual and cool, you know, and I'll say yeah. things like, yeah, I'll take the win. No, deep down inside, I'm like, man, you son of a bitch. What the fuck? Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let them have that, one. That's man. a good, but that's a great position to be in. Like, and it that's is. how, that's how the jazz are right now mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, they just barely squeaked out a win against so-and-so. Or like, you know, they had the other night, a couple weeks ago, they played the Pistons and had like a 20-something, almost 30-point lead and ended up winning the game by like 12. And the Pistons cut it to four. And like, we were all collectively losing our shit about like, we're about to lose to the worst team in the league. But then, you know, we like, Donovan hits a couple shots. Rudy comes up big and gets, I think he got a block or like, yeah. just snuffed out a couple of like pick and rolls and like that was the game and it's just such a nice position to be in especially because those are the games in the past that the jazz lose i i had tony on the show last night and we actually had that same conversation you know essentially the same conversation Hello, uh, he, he he asked me what i saw as different and i said essentially you know your young guys finally make winning plays yeah. now and, and and that's not shade that's you know of course no. they were you know they made winning plays in the past because they you know they had some success but i'm talking about those specific types of plays where whereas in the past you know, in, in a situation where Donovan may have said, okay, I just got to put my head down and go because he may, he, whether he had help or not, you know, the, you know he, that was, you know, that was the feeling. At least now, uh, you know, it's, it's a well-rounded team. If I'm not mistaken, I looked at the stats earlier today. I think you guys have like six guys averaging double figures. Everybody is contributing. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's almost one of those where it's, uh, and I'm going to date myself here, but like when uh, in Happy Gilmore, when Happy learned to putt. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta and, cue that up, Jordan. 
That's right. So this is coming on the back of, uh, let's see. So we're recording this Thursday night. The other night, the most recent game the Jazz played was against the Celtics um, at home without Mike Conley. And it was a really good game. This was a nationally televised game. The first TNT game since Shaq and Donovan had, you know, that whole thing. And um, like when we're talking about winning plays, like I have never seen the Jazz close out a game the way that they closed that game out. Um, really, the game was essentially sealed when uh, after a timeout, um, the Clippers completely fell asleep, or excuse me, the Celtics completely fell asleep on defense and Donovan throws like a three quarters of the of the court pass to Boyan, who's just like open in the corner while the, the Celtics were, weren't even set up on defense yet. And Boyan hits a three. And then, of course, comes after that two like insanely just spectacular threes from Donovan Mitchell, a couple really nice passes to go bear for two easy dunks and then some defensive stops. And then what was a close game, like within two minutes, the jazz win by like 15. I don't even know what, what the final score by was 14. It was like, I think it was one twenty two to one Oh eight, but yeah, and, it, it got down to four points again. Yeah. It was the cruelest game I've ever seen the Jazz play <laughs> because they let them hang around for like three and a half quarters and then just shut the door on them. And it was the meanest thing too. Just like, <laughs> just, it was like a cat playing with a mouse for most of it too. Cause I didn't really think that the Jazz were going to lose this game, but then like right when I got to the point, just killed it done. Do you know what it reminded me of? Did what? you guys ever used to watch Bernard Hopkins box? And like the first like three, four rounds, it looked like Bernard was going to get washed, but it's just him feeling him out. And then round every single round, it's like a little bit more of an avalanche and he just picks them apart. And then you watch rounds 10 through 12 and it's just a complete slaughtering. He did it to like Oscar De La Hoya, for example, who he ended up knocking out. But De La Hoya, if you saw that fight came out with a vengeance and I was like, he's going to beat Bernard Hopkins. And then by round five or six, I was like, nah, this is, this is done. And that's what the Jazz kind of play like. And that's exactly how they played like against the Celtics, where like they withstood the big blows and then kind of just slowly chipped away and then developed kind of that killer instinct to just snuff them out. And that's the thing more than anything that the Jazz have not had in the past is like, a killer instinct to really like step on somebody's neck when they need to. Well, they're a boa constrictor. Yeah. Just like you feel like you're okay for like the first little bit. Cause it's just around you too, but nothing's tight. But the more you kind of struggle, the tighter it gets, the tighter it gets. And all of a sudden, when you realize you're really in trouble, you're done. I really like that Hopkins comparison specifically. And in, in, in particular with uh, De La Hoya, if I'm not mistaken, he knocked him out with a body shot. It was yeah, a body he knocked shot. Him out with a, he, he hit him in the liver. Yeah, the, but yeah, and, and that's what the Jazz are doing right now. They're, they're knocking you out with body shots, whether it's a boa constrictor, playing with your food, or wh- whatever analogy or comparison you want to make, <laughs> that, that's, that's precisely what they're doing. Yeah, and like I heard on a broadcast, I, I can't remember, like there were there's comparisons like with the with the amount of threes that this team shoots, there's comparisons to um you know, a couple of those Rockets teams from from a few years ago, but they play like an entirely different style of basketball. Like you notice how um, the like we keep getting the stat brought up that we haven't had like a triple double since uh, like Carlos Boozer in I don't even know what year <laughs> like it was. 2006. Really, that's only regular season because like yeah. Ricky Rubio did have one in the playoffs um, a couple of years ago. I was uh, at that game, by the way. That, that game, game was that incredible. Was, that was an all-time performance. That and was an the all- game that like Westbrook filled his diaper in the post-game interview. Yeah. As much as I love, and this is this is coming from a Westbrook stand. I love Westbrook, mm-hmm. but the he jazz, got his yeah. ass kicked in that game. The Jazz dismantled yeah. that that OKC team. Like they they, they were not going to stick together after what happened in the in those playoff series. But um, like this team, no one averages ten assists. It's rare for someone to get ten assists just because of how much the ball is moving, how much the extra pass. Um, is getting made and instead of Ricky Rubio shooting in the corner God bless his beautiful heart um, it's Brown <laughs> Bogdanovich shooting corner threes it's Jordan Clarkson shooting corner threes it's even uh, kill me it's even George Niang sometimes shooting those corner threes and uh, I, there's uh, a there was a stat that I think it's <laughs> something like what is it four or five of the uh, the jazz are shooting above 40 percent from three 
Mm-hmm. So it's Conley, Mitchell, Boyan, Royce, O'Neal, who's actually leading the team in three-point shooting at like 46%. And then you have Joe Ingles coming off the bench. And then you also have like Jordan Clarkson just right below that too. Yeah, like 38%. And George Niang at like 35%. <laughs> I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to make you guys as greedy as I am. All right. As, as great as these Jazz look, I want one more score, one more, one more guy that can go get a bucket, go for the playoff push. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me too. Like you have to, if you're a free agent, like, or somebody on the buyout market, granted, like Utah has never been a free agent destination, nor will it, will it be? It just can't compete with like bigger markets. And it's like, it's not necessarily a sexy city, but if you're like, let's say like you're David West on, on the, on the Warriors, like Mm -hmm. that kind of a guy came in on a buyout market kind of a thing and is chasing a ring. There is that potential if you're looking at that and you're like, this is my best chance, especially like like a, a, a stretch three, stretch four kind of a guy would be great when you can't, you know, boy on struggling or like just somebody shore up the bench. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Okay. So Jabari, tell me Clarkson, uh, six man of the year. Yes or no? Probably. I'm um, thinking it, yes. It, it, that, that was my prediction leading, you know, going into the year. I love to hear that. That was my prediction as well. (laughs) It was all of ours. I know. He just, Uh, yeah, uh, the steps that he's made, like, I mean, uh, so Greg, I know you said like, I mean, it's not going to be like a free agent destination. I I think the definition of that is changing. And I don't really know. I guess it depends on the person and it depends on what they're looking for and where they want to go. I think winning solves a lot of problems. Winning, being on a, like people want to be on a good team. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Well, not only that, like it in particular, when you're dealing with the buyout market, it's not like they're re-upping for, you know, extended years. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you very well could convince somebody that is, you know, for a rental type situation, especially if you're still at, you know, still at this pace or anywhere near this pace. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that they could be, you know, they could actually yeah. be buyers this time. It's kind of like, yeah, like the, like a Rasheed Wallace situation in, in mm-hmm. Detroit, which I think he was traded for, but nonetheless, like he was kind of a rental and then ended up staying there for a minute. Yeah, and like, he was like, I remember in 2004 talking with friends about that. And I was like, this team's going to the finals and they could win it all now that they got sheet. Mm-hmm. I, I was on the other end of that saying, I hope they don't, but then they did. <laughs> and then they did. Yeah. So you know, things things are feeling weirdly good, um, and this team is obviously we're at the top of the league currently. Um, but is this team built for the playoffs in the way that I would I would hope them to be? Jabari, give me your give me your take. So for the first couple of weeks of the season, I was still saying like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, and while there's also there's always going to be that feeling, you know, that, you know, that sensation, you know, because until you do it, no, you know, no one's really going to believe. I do think they are. But like I said, you know, thinking in a greedy you know, uh, uh, sense, I would like to see them just get one more guy for that run. But as currently constituted, if they are healthy, they're going to be a very tough out in the postseason. Quite frankly, I hope someone else takes you out before you get to us. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, theoretically, I like, mean, that would all respect. Yeah, no, no, ab- absolutely. Like if, if, if the jazz and the Lakers end up being the Western conference final matchup this year, that's like, it's going to be an incredible, that's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> I especially like, you know, I, I, I don't know what the end of the season is going to be lo- uh, looking like as far as what, you know, fans and stadiums and vaccines and all that. But like, um there's some interesting variables at play but like that's going to be an incredible uh historic series if you're a jazz fan because it's been a while since we've since we've been there but uh i've been trying to think of comparisons of that too like if it is like a jazz lakers western conference finals and like the only ones i can like think of right now is probably like that 98 pacers bulls finals where it's just like you have an up-and-coming team you have a really solid like veteran team like the bulls were too especially with like one of the like one in the generation life uh superstar like lebron and that one was a bloodbath too yeah Yeah. and a man named o'neill on both teams three all three (laughs) teams oh man yeah there was one thing yesterday though that i or not yesterday but uh when i was watching the celtics that made me even more of a believer in the jazz 
if you've watched the Jazz in the past, and even last year, they got a little bit hung up against Denver with, and especially against those Houston Rockets teams who bounced them out in consecutive years, was they've had problems against teams who can switch. Mm-hmm. And, and like, one thing that Celtics did is, especially in the first half, they kind of took the Jazz a little bit out of their rhythm by switching everything. When you've got guys like Tatum and Ojale and Jalen mm-hmm. Brown, and, and, and like, they're, they're kind of that kryptonite in those. They've got a lot of size and a lot of strength, and they can switch position. That's given the Jazz trouble. But then the Jazz were able to recalibrate and drop 74 points on the Celtics in yeah. the uh, in the second half because they finally have their guy who can really break down a defense in Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And that's where he's taken the next step. He's always been a guy who's been able to get buckets since he came in the league and he's always had great athleticism, but you're watching him you're watching the game slow down for him now. And when you surround him with a bunch of guys who can shoot 40% from 3 and a rim runner who's going to dunk everything remotely close to the rim. There's not really a defense for that. And if you watch the jazz, their, their entire offense is predicated on drive and kick and ball movement and, and Conley and go bear pick and rolls. And it becomes almost impossible because you can't do the drop big thing anymore that used to kill the jazz as well, especially when you had Rubio and favors in the lineup and you just didn't have enough shooting. The jazz have shooting now and it's a pick your poison thing. Sometimes it really is as simple as you got better parts around you. You know, you you have guys that can hit shots because if those guys aren't there or if you get, you know, you kind of, no disrespect to that other lineup that you you just referenced, you might have a situation where Donovan is struggling and and, and really trying to force the issue, understandably so, but out of necessity. Now, all of a sudden, like, you know, like like everybody has said, you you have a well-balanced attack and. Yeah, like I said, I hope someone else takes you guys out because, like I said, the jazz, are, the jazz are real. I, it, I will stop. I will stop hating on them. But it brings up another point, though, of like if the Jazz really want to be real, they've got to keep this up, and they have to get the 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 number one seed because having to go through both LA teams, yeah, I, I I don't think that's possible. I don't think there's a team in the league who could go through both the Clippers and the Lakers. I mean, travel would be simple. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It's true. I'm, I'm a I'm a clipper I'm a Clippers skeptic to be honest. Um, they I know. Need a point guard. Yeah. Yes, I, they do. Yeah, yes, they do. I. I mean, the way the Jazz played them before, obviously things change over the course of the season. Um, the matchups there don't really worry me that much. Uh, we already know Joe Ingles is Paul George's uh, biological father. <laughs> and, um, I don't see that ending anytime soon. So I'm pretty sure we're, we're going to be okay against the Clippers. But yes, I, the Lakers are obviously what's hanging over all of this. Um, and hopefully, hopefully uh, Conley is out currently with some, quote, hamstring tightness. Uh, hopefully that's they said it's not as bad as what he experienced last year and it's the other leg so they did say like all of the the jazz reporters walled in uh tony jones uh who andy larson as well all said that he participated in practice today so like strides are being made but hamstrings are so fickle that like one tweak and you could be out again we all learned that watching carlos boozer as jazz fans You know, honestly, you know, sport injuries are a part of sports, of course, but I really hate them. Like on my end, AD, look, this is the one that nobody wants to talk about. AD's got uh, Achilles soreness. That's not something that you ever want to play with. No, 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 no. But, you know, like all all of this is fun, but, you know, I guess we're going to have to wait and see, you know, who's healthy down at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, but, it's the worst part of sports. It's just answer like, me this though, Jabari, do you really think the Lakers care all that much where they're seated in the playoffs? No. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, out of arrogance, but honestly, no. Uh, I mean, of course they don't want to be an eight seed. You don't want sure. to, have to you know, climb that hill, but if they drop somewhere in three, four five range, to be honest with you, as long as they're healthy, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be worried if I were there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, completely agreed. <laughs> must be, must be nice. Well, uh, yeah. So we've got a few different guys on the jazz. I mean, we've got three guys who are ostensibly playing at all-star level currently. Um, and going along with that conversation, let's talk about what the NBA is planning for all-star weekend, because 
despite multiple players like LeBron and Giannis um, and Carl Anthony Towns talking about how they don't really want the all-star weekend to happen. And, you know, uh, seems like a pretty um, logical thing to, to feel <laughs> at this point because the all-star weekend is, it's just pageantry. We all, we all know this. Um, it's a fun, like it's a party weekend for the players. It's a good relaxation weekend for the players who don't go. Um, but we're in a pandemic and this is, you know, coming up soon and it's still continuing on. Um, so Jabari, tell me like, what are your thoughts just in general about the NBA's decision to continue on with the all-star game? All right, this might be where I turn everybody off and everybody well, gets upset, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's an absolute joke. Um, there's <laughs> oh. no reason There's no reason whatsoever to be taking these risks. You know, yes. they're saying you'll play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Uh -huh. well, that, well, that's what they're getting ready to do. And ultimately, while I recognize, I'm not going to be a hypocrite about this because it, like technically none of this is necessary. I recognize that. Yeah. I At the same time, I knew that they were going to play, but this is truly an... The sentiment has been shared on Twitter, so I hate to be, you know, just just parrot it, but it's the truth. This is a slap in the face of these players. In particular, you mentioned Carl Anthony Towns. In particular, like in any of these folks. So, and, and I won't lie to you, it makes me even more frustrated when I see the NBA doing nonsense like, oh, well, you know, wait till you see these you know, special Black Lives Matter, um, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, awards or events that we're, you know, that we're doing. And we're going to tie. So it's like basically, and you know what, I'll, I'll edit so I don't use profanity on here. Oh, OK, fine. So it's like the NBA <laughs> saying, hey, look, 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 look at this blackity black shit. This is cool over here. Right. You guys are good. Right. And and ultimately, that's a slap in the face to us. Like. If you if, if you're gonna make it about money, then just say we we need this money. We need to get paid. Don't tell me oh we're doing it in the interest of you know highlighting and showcasing you know these artists out of Atlanta. No, you're not. No, you're not. Amen. Man, it, that it's so fucking cynical. Like that whole you know you know we're having the All Star Game because we're doing this like these BLM awards. To, it's like we already know how much the pandemic is affecting like black and brown people in this country um, in comparison to white people in this country. And so to be like, especially when you've got people like Carl Anthony Towns, who's lost like seven family members to this fucking thing, like to go just, to hit someone like just him missed be, two weeks of the season because he has a bunch of underlying conditions yeah. that yeah. make him more susceptible to COVID. It's a fucking joke. But, but but wait, guys, they won't let them hug or dap it up after the game. They got That's that been working great. You can guard a guy for 36 minutes, but you can't hug him at the end of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but hey, let's think about this, though. As a nation, I think it's important for us to heal because we really need that celebrity <laughs> game. Because if I don't see Diplo get dunked on by some guy who's been out of the league for 10 years, I, I, I just don't feel right. If I don't, oh, if I don't man. see Quavo dribbling with his head down for forty-five feet <laughs> and then throwing up like a granny, you know, like a like a sidearm shot three-pointer, you know, making one out of ten and then celebrating as though you know he's going to the league, I'm oh, just not fulfilled God. in life. Oh, my favorite I, though is when you see Quavo on Instagram and he's working with like Instagram basketball trainers, <laughs> and it's like. You know, the caption will be like, Quavo's a problem with like this steamy, like nose emoji. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's wild. No, we, we, we need this. Like we, we really need like the three shot point, con uh, the three point shot contest and like the dunk contest and all that. We need all of this. Oh, no, we don't. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's no. the dumbest thing ever. Like it you honestly what it feels just like, like a, what's that? It feels like we're getting rewarded for fucking up. It really yeah. does. Like we don't just like it, I don't feel like we as a nation deserve an all-star weekend. <laughs> no. Like you so, know, you didn't you like we as a nation did not eat our broccoli. Like we don't get desserts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like quite honestly, like with how this the insane schedule that every team is playing currently, like it would do everyone a bit of good to just let people be home with their families, I would think, um, and just have an extra weekend. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously the players who aren't going to the All-Star game do get that. But like, you know, <laughs> I mean, but players the best like players in the league, like who yeah, make you the most they have money. to go. I mean, they're the fans are voting them in. <laughs> so I don't I mean, you can say no, but like. 
Yeah, it's 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 the same old. I mean, again, it's cynical to pretend like this is anything other about other anything other than about money because we know that and we've accepted that. That's why we're having the season right now. Anyway, that's why the season started in December. Um, and the NBA's done, you know, pretty well, all things considered. The rules are hilariously uh, just absurd um the whole can't you know talk to each other or hug after a game but you can guard each other body to body all game without masks it's, go ahead and spit in each other's mouths yeah don't I give mean, each other a hug so oh yeah. and that that whole thing with the kevin durant like uh not being able to start the game and then he's in the game and then he has to leave the game it's just like you know what are we doing um, like the, the seth curry thing too what happened with seth curry we're like he got pulled in the middle of a game and yeah. had to go quarantine. Nice. Yeah, and it's like it's like here, let's you let's let you know, let's get you looks, your that, your dozen shots first and then yeah. like that looks so much worse than just being like we just let him play the game and then mm-hmm. after the game just like say hey, all right, he's in, he's in he's in quarantine now. Just yeah, they first. made like with the Katie thing and as well as with the Seth thing, they made it a story specifically. Like they knew they knew what you know what was going to come of that. So like, to, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I love the NBA. It's it's my favorite league. I'm not a this league person because I'm not going to I'm not going to BS about it. While yeah. I do think there's you know slightly more progressive than some of the other leagues. That's really not saying much. It's like you know, yeah. uh, it, it, look, I'm and you know, no offense to anybody, you can see me. It's being the you know being the fastest kid at fat camp, man. Like okay, that's cool. <laughs> like that's cool, but you know, ultimately, like you ain't fast. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, you outdid still- the NFL. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. still playing offensive line, bro. We yeah, all exactly. together, like when the NFL, we saw the commercial of the NFL that they're donating like $120 million to like fight systemic racism. We all stood up in our rooms and just clapped and saluted the TVs. So, yeah. well, you know, I, I saluted the American flag that I have on my Sorry. Oh, yeah. That's, well, we're getting, we're getting to that next. So, um, yeah. I mean, this is a bad, I, I, again, it's a bad idea for the All Star game, but it's going on and, fuck it we're gonna watch uh just like i'm gonna be watching the world cup next year when it's built in stadiums built by slaves and uh fucking dubai or whatever so i'm just a i i live in society man so i'm gonna uh, we're we're, we're continuing on we live in a society we really do and uh so speaking of um you know, living in societies um, and the incredible American society that we live in currently. The national anthem has been in the news this week, uh, and we love and we, we love to hear and that. And not because it slaps. Yeah, and it's not because they changed it to a Rihanna song, as Jabari what was a, proposing. What a dumb week it's been. It's been a dumb week, but he, he, here's it's here's what a, kicked it off. It's just a waterfall. It's like a cavalcade of just dumb weeks. So it's Sunday, we have like the ultimate, uh, you know, we got the stealth bombers flying over the Super Bowl stadium. We got just troops everywhere. We got like it's just it's just the whole thing. We got the commercials. We've got yeah the the Marines and the the ICU workers and everyone's saluting each other and we had two patriotic songs at the before the super bowl started um and then this week mark cuban decided to uh that the at mavericks games moving forward they will not be playing the national anthem before sports games and you might wonder wow uh that's horrible and and just disgusting behavior but then you might think wait why do we even play the national anthem at sports games in general and then you would have yourself a good question and you might be getting to something. Um, and like most things involving jingoism and things like that, the answer is World War One, <laughs> Because that's when we started playing the National Anthem for like sporting events and baseball because it was mainly just God like war bombs. Ferdinand. I, I know, the Germans blowing up the Lusitania and things like that. That's why I have to stand up and accidentally kick over my drink at a sporting event now. It's, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody, um, dude. This, um, this is you will not be offending anyone on this podcast. This is a oh no, no, no! I, I, I mean, I mean your audience. Um, okay, well, I got, the, I, I got the vibe here. That. I got no. The vibe. I also mean the people who <laughs> oh, okay. generally listen to this. We've yet the, to piss anyone off too much. <laughs> the whole thing is a farce. The you know we we don't need we don't need that at the beginning. We don't need that. It has no. nothing to do with the sport. It has nothing to do with the experience. It has nothing. It it doesn't you know it benefits nobody. Um, unless, unless 
you're going to do the Marvin Gaye rendition from 1983 from the <laughs> from the All-Star game that all the people that really, really Ill care about these things really hate uh, you know, because it's a disrespect to an anthem that, yep. you know, if you add the third verse, then you got a real conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go. But yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's stupid. Like I, I I know this isn't, you know, I'm not, you know, this is an earth shattering analysis. It's just stupid and pointless. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. I mean, I I, Sorry, I love hold it. Too on because... a sec. Uh Jordan's our resident troop and he's gonna take it away now to talk about the troop. <laughs> That's All right. right. <laughs> Ten years US Army, baby. So I'm gonna use my valor to uh make fun of the national anthem because I can. We got Jabari talking about the NBA and BLM. Now we got Jordan talking about the troop and the the national anthem. What what really makes me laugh about this too is that it went for twelve games and no one seemed to notice and no one seemed to care, and like like the same thing with like Colin Kaepernick too. The only time that people actually cared is when like someone pointed it out to him because this grand sort of gesture that they feel like it, everyone should have to engage in doesn't matter to them until they feel like someone's sliding them for it. And, and that's yeah. pretty much it too. Like no one cares. Like if you just stop playing the national anthem at all the arenas, you probably have like five people know it's like, Hey, weren't we supposed to do a thing before the game? Anyway, the game's on. So I'm just going to focus on this now. To which everyone's going to look at that guy and say, shut up nerd. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, basically. Like, the fucking get, game's on. And, and just to be clear, and I'm not just, I'm not just cleaning it up uh, you know, after the fact. I'm not anti-military. I'm a from I'm from a military family. <laughs> like I, I excuse me. I had to do military folds on the beds growing up. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with you know when I'm watching the Lakers and Jazz. Yeah. It has nothing yeah. at all yeah. for your service, sir. Let's watch this game. You know what's funny about that too is the people who are the most disrespectful to the flag are the military. Just because like you think about like 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. when the flag goes up and the flag goes down on military bases. Everyone's trying to get the fuck out of Dodge, or they're not standing at attention for thirty seconds to be like, "God damn, son of a bitch! Fuck, <laughs> damn it, God!" <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a decades long project that's literally funded by the Defense Department. They give money to sports leagues to do these patriotic displays before games, during games. Um, so it's not even it's again like the whole conflation of being against the military because you because cap kneeled which was bullshit from the beginning as if there's any sort of like i mean that's 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 been the propagandic project that from the, at that from this point is trying to conflate all of these things together like if you don't like the national anthem at sports games, you hate the military for some reason because apparently we our military members died so we could play you know, these songs at sports games, I think is the, is the logic there. Um, so this is, you know, <laughs> this is a critique of the way our country functions, not necessarily, and especially not the military members themselves, especially the individuals in the military themselves. In I no just, way uh, is related to that. I just appreciate that the best way we show appreciation to members of the military is, just like a forced display in front of like sporting events, as opposed to like, say, making sure none of them are homeless or <laughs> yeah. making sure they have adequate health care within all their facilities and things like that. It's just like, oh, no, no, no. We honor the troops by standing up for 30 seconds, acting like we're singing or something. It doesn't really matter. And then we sit back down and that's it. That's our great display. Yeah. How about instead of doing that, you, just to that point, we make sure that, you know, former military members don't have to pay taxes for life. We, you know, like put, put those resources and put that money towards the actual soldiers. Yeah. There's and not, I mean, you know, not in the flag. This is a pattern that's for everything. Like we can't even get health care for the firefighters who are, have health problems from saving people in the 9-11 attacks. We've got veterans that are homeless or addicted to pills that they got put on because we didn't give them adequate treatment for their PTSD after coming back from a pointless war that we started. I mean, like, and so it's all boiled down to these incredibly shallow displays of look how much we love America because look at this gigantic grand display. Like, of course we love the troops and of course we love the military. Look at all these things we're doing for them in the sky. Look at, well, that's 300 like DGI Mavic drones flying in an American flag formation. That's incredible. Like. Yeah, it's just, it's sad. It's really sad. <laughs> there is not a better distillation of America 
than like having like an empty gesture to the troops right before like two multi-billion dollar organizations like have a contest against each other yeah like, it, it's just it's it's funny when you think about it for like 30 seconds and then it kind of becomes a little sad I hope I hope I just hope that some homeless veterans uh, were able to hear the song from outside the stadium the other day in Florida. I hear the the weather's nice this time of the year, and I'm sure they really appreciated the gesture. Um, I, so, I just sure hope the bomber flyover just didn't trigger any PTSD flashbacks. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's real. and <laughs> awful, awful shit. So the NBA stepped in and basically did they put the kibosh on this entirely? So yes. they're basically. Yep. Jabari, mm-hmm. tell us about this. They mandated it. So, I mean, and, you know, to Jordan's point, nobody noticed it. Nobody even noticed it until Mark Cuban mentioned it publicly. And then all of a sudden, you know, Dave, uh, Dave rest in peace. Um, Adam, Silver, <laughs> Adam Silver comes out like, hey, 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 we know Republicans play, watch basketball too. And we really are sorry about that black and black shit. We're so sorry. We know we hurt your feelings. We know we hurt your feelings. We know you're, 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 it just hurts you to the core. So we're going to make sure those boys get on that line. Listen, Red America, we're really sorry we forced Gordon Hayward to wear an education reform jersey. <laughs> so we're going to make it up to you by forcing everyone to stand for the national anthem. Real. Yeah. So <laughs> your most progressive sports league, everybody. Yeah, right it's it's just, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. We've really got to get past this idea too that like we have to stop thinking the NBA is like the woke league. Like it is one hundred percent based on profit. We talked about it already a little bit with All Star Game, and that's just another example of it. But it's like it's why fans are in the stands. It's why Ryan Smith. Uh, the new owner of the jazz who's supposed to be like the new like white woke liberal dude in utah he just opened up the uh the upper bowl which is exposing and like went from like 1500 fans to 4000 fans and it has nothing to do with anything other than profit and that's just like it's just another example of this laundry list of examples of like that this league is not any more woke than anything else like it's 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 cream, man. It's cash rules everything around. Yeah, it. I, I yeah. think people really need to understand that like sports leagues are nothing but unions for billionaires. Yes, <laughs> that's all they really are. Amen, yeah. man. That's that's perfectly said. And sometimes really just hobbies for billionaires. Like, yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's uh, <laughs> like if you got twenty billion, hey, let's just go buy an NBA team. Get some of those boys out there running and jumping and dunking and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. The way. Mm. Well, I, I don't think any of us are under any like uh, I mean, we're, we're well aware, aware of the um, the optics of like a group of white billionaire owners like being mad about their black players stepping out of line. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty I, it's it's very Django Unchained uh, type vibe a, a lot mm-hmm. of times that, when like, it comes. That to is why that's why my favorite like photo op from like the like the beginning of the kneeling and all that too was just like forcing jerry jones onto the sidelines and having to take a knee with him too because you just know he was the most uncomfortable he's ever been in his life Mm -hmm. like to that point you can't tell me that steve ballmer was a big time nba fan and like before he bought the clippers (laughs) doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like that was the case really like Uh, i don't think that i could have like a talk with him about like the 90s knicks well, well, I mean, it, one last one on, on the, if you don't mind, on the owners, let's be yeah. real. Like, they all voted and, and allowed all of the stuff last year, but then they do all their money, you know, went completely against all the money that they, you know, they did, the, the majority of them donated went completely against all of the things that their players were in favor of. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. like, like, and, and like, I get it. Not, and not, like, not a slight majority, like a very high majority, like 75, like, 80%. Yeah. Oh, and it gets even yeah. worse than that, too. Like, take a look at the Millers here in Utah, too, who were, like, not only donated a lot of money to, like, the Republican Party and things like that, too, but was also giving lots of money to, like, the Salt Lake City Police Foundation. It creates is, a slush fund. Which is essentially just a slush fund for, like, police equipment for Salt Lake City. It's 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 wonderful. Continue to militarize the, the police force. Which is yeah. why, like, I'll always enjoy that moment where they forced Gail Miller out in, like, mid-court to say we're not racist. 
which is just like, yeah. I'm just laughing at that one too, because like, it's the same family that like also like pushed UPN off of one of their networks because it was quote unquote too urban. And nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they're fantastic. gone. I'm just like, going to say that. Oh, we're it's very fantastic. glad they're, they're gone. Um, but again, like, like Greg said, you know, what capitalism is still what cap is still just capitalism. And at the end of the day, um, just because it's making uh, like conservatives mad to see the words Black Lives Matter on on the screen or on, on the side of the court, um, you know, it's still just a money making league. So you just keep that in mind and keep your expectations low because. Yeah, like uh, I mean, Gordon Hayward sold a lot of those education reform jerseys. That's right. <laughs> what it is. Oh, we have to play the national anthem because we need to win back all the Republicans who said they weren't going to watch the NBA anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Big cohort. So, close this out. Let's uh, let's talk just quickly of who we think um, you know MVP at this point th- throughout through the league is. Uh, Jabari, do you want to start us off? Yeah, you know, I, I have a couple guys, a few guys that I they're at the the head of the pack, and then you know, there's a there there's an argument or at least a conversation for a bunch of guys. But for me, right now, LeBron and Bede and Kawhi are the guys that I would I would show that love to. Yeah. But I'm guilty of not giving any love to any of your jazz guys. So I, if you don't mind, oh, of your yeah. play of your players. Who deserves the credit? Because I saw this argument going back and forth yesterday. And, and when I say credit, you know what I mean. As the person for, the, for this conversation, obviously all of them are contributing. No. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 a really tough uh, tough question for the Jazz team because it's it's really hard to uh, talk about who's the most important. I think I think it would be it would likely be Donovan just because he's that dude and um, he. He, he, he carries the team on his shoulders. But like, I mean, there's arguments for Gobert's impact, like especially defensively, like the, uh, the, the defensive rating for like when Gobert is on the court versus off the court is just astounding. And, and without Gobert, we clearly don't have anywhere near the best record in the league. And then Conley's got an argument too. He's been, he's having one of the best years of his career. Uh, he has the best plus minus of any player in the league. Yeah. And it's like 80 points higher than anybody else in the league. And he's missed two games. Yeah. So I don't know, Insane. Jordan, Greg, what do you guys think? <laughs> uh, I, I think it's probably Mitchell just because like, I feel like he's the glue that keeps kind of everything together. And I feel like that's important too. Like Gobert will always just be what Gobert does, but I don't think he's rallying anyone on the team. Like good guy, great defender, but I don't feel like he's that sort of like cohesive thing that the team needs to actually pull together and kind of like gut out a victory or something. Yeah. Um, But for like MVP in general, I'd say LeBron. I mean, over 26 games, he's had over 900 minutes and he's 36 years old. I mean, my God. Like, yeah. Like he has a hundred more minutes playing than the next Laker, which I think is Schroeder. And like, like what can you say? Like he's pretty much like single-handedly like willed them to being like at the top of the West. Still, I mean, he's LeBron. He's he's LeBron. Yeah. Like it, it's like Jordan in the '90s too. Like the only time he didn't win the MVPs is just when like the NBA felt like they had to give it to someone else. Bro, they gave it to Derrick Rose. <laughs> oh, two ten, two out of twenty ten. Uh, I'm still, I'm still bitter. And they gave twenty eleven. That was, I think that was twenty ten. And that, and I'm still mad. Braun didn't get the uh, defensive player of the year when they gave it to Marcus All, and Marcus All didn't even make first team all defense. Yeah, folks get bored, and you know, it, it is it has become the cliche. But folks get bored. It, it, it's just that simple. Like yeah. as much as we kind of let in with, you know, uh, you know making the, you know, the uh, breaking bad comparison, there's a lot of people out there that they very clearly feel that way. They very clearly feel that way. Like Braun should have 12 MVPs. At least six or seven. <laughs> like he's been the best player in the league since what? 2009. Like, like hands down the best player in the league. Like there's not really much of an argument. And you could probably even say that beforehand, like even back when he got the, the, what was it? 2007 when he went to the first finals, Mm -hmm. which is wild to say that like 14 years ago, he's still like getting more than likely make it. But like that game where he had the 25 straight against the Pistons. Oh yeah. Like that to me was like the defining moment where I was like, this is the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. Even at, 
even yeah. as a hater, that was the moment when I said, okay, yeah, yeah. god dang. Like, nobody yeah. else in the league can do this. Like, yeah. as much as, like, as, as great as Cubby was back then, as great as Dirk, as Kevin Garnett, all those dudes back in that era, like, nobody's doing that against the Pistons. No. Except for LeBron. That Pistons team. Yeah. That Pistons team, yeah. With the Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, Tayshaun Prince was all defense a bunch of years, and he just mm-hmm. stuffed him in a, in a trash can. Yeah, yeah. Like if they're right, which which actually brings me to a bigger point too, where it's like I don't think the Jazz have an MVP because they remind me a lot of that 2004 Pistons team, Mm. where like they got their guy, kind of like how Billups was like that dude, and he Mm -hmm. won Finals MVP, and he was kind of the captain of the ship. Mm -hmm. That's Donovan Mitchell, and I think he's like a more weaponized, better version of that Chauncey Billups, but like. Like that was it, it's a it's a it's a win by committee team. Like they don't yeah. have that superstar. Like you know, like the Raptors when they won it, they had Kawhi. You know, <clears throat> Braun has always had. Braun's always been that guy, whether he was at the Heat or the Cavs or the Lakers. Like James Harden down in Houston when he won the MVP. Russell Westbrook when he averaged the triple double. Like he was that dude. Yeah. And like those teams all fall apart without that dude. Yeah. And like even the nights that the Jazz are struggling, they still got other guys who can who can like make up the slack. Yeah, if the Jazz win, if the Jazz were to win, <clears throat> hypothetically win the title, Donovan Mitchell wins MV, wins Finals yes. MVP. But it feels wrong to say he should win. You know, <laughs> the actual league season MVP. If there was some like. You know, people do get bored. Obviously, if there was some objective measurement on who on who would win, um, it, who would win MVP, LeBron would have you know twice the amount he has, and um, you know Westbrook wouldn't have gotten that MVP just because he got a gimmicky triple double average, which was you know impressive. It was like cool, but like you know, uh, yeah. Jabari, say what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, well, you know, on, uh, and to that point, exactly. Uh, I don't remember if it was 2013. It's either the 2013 or 2014 Spurs. That's the team that this Jazz That was team the team that beat the, the 2014 team is the one who beat the Heat and like yes. broke up the, the Heatles. Kawhi won finals MVP. I, and yeah. so I hope that doesn't repeat, but ultimately that is the team, you know, to your point, Greg, whether it's the, uh, you know, the ball movement, you know, the fact that you've got so many different contributors, you got the solid big, you know, down below, you've got the guard that's dynamic. You've got wings that can do a lot of different things. It, it, it's scary to me, but that is the team that it reminds me of where yeah. they're, they're, where they're going to slow grind you and just slow grind you all the way down the, you know, and, and just wear you down to, you know, to the, until the end and just, and, and then out execute you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that's been kind of fun about this team is that they're a super fun team because they execute, but like they play at a snail's pace. They're like 26 in the league or something like that in pace of play. Yeah. Oh, the jazz in 2014, the jazz were last in the, uh, in, in the Western conference, 25 and 57. Nice. I, do miss, I do not miss, I do not miss that era. Was that the, who did we get in the draft that year after that? Let's see. I don't even remember. Uh, look it up. That's that's a it's a good question. In twenty fourteen, uh, was that Trey Burke? That might have yeah, been. It would yeah, have, it would have either been Exum or Burke, one of the two. I yeah. think it was Burke because I think Exum came in the year after. Exum, uh, it was, Exum Exum was Exum. the next year. It was Dante Exum. Oh, oh it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, wait, was he hurt that whole year? I, no, I he know. played his rookie season, then he blew out his knee. Playing for the uh, Australian national team in oh, the that's uh, right. summer league. That was Is my that... first year covering the oh, league. Oh wow! That's, that's why I remember that because I did a feature story on Exum uh, that, coming out. I thought funny. Exum was going to be that dude, man. I did too. Yeah. Fran Fraschella. I, I I had a quote from Fran Fraschella uh, saying, um, "You know, comparing him to Kobe, comparing him to Westbrook, comparing him to all types of guys." And and yeah. I went out on I I went out on that on that uh on that same limb. And yeah, I hope that boy's doing well in Houston. Yeah, let's well, let's hope I so. I love him. He's I a good wish, dude. I wish his career took a different path. Yeah, don't we all? Um, so I think, you know, closing things out, uh, let's just be, uh, you know, overall cop- cautiously optimistic. I think we we should. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Um, Jabari, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, 
anytime I'm going on a show for the first time, I'm a little bit anxious because I'm like, oh, you know, what are the what's the vibe like? This was dope. And I hope you guys asked me to come on again. Oh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. We'll make it happen, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. So Jabari Davis, let's uh, give him a follow on Twitter um, and check out the Dunks and Discourse podcast. And of course, listen to Rihanna. And uh, I think that's it for this week. I got we'll one more thing for you guys. Oh, Jordan. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up that this is the 10-year anniversary of the breakup of the last Jazz uh, team that was actually worth anything. Because it's been 10 oh, years God since we had the Darren Williams trade and the Jerry Sloan retirement. I have an wow. interesting way I found out this because I was at basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, completely <laughs> cut off from the world. I received a letter from my from my late grandma who uh, wrote all the wonderful things too, saying, "Dear Jordan, I hope they're treating you well. I hope you're doing well. I can't wait to see you." You know, the, the grandma things. And then at the very bottom of that letter was, "P.S. Darren Williams got traded and Jerry Sloan quit." <laughs> when I left, they were when I left, they were third in the West. Um, my grandmother was also nice enough to include a bunch of newspaper clippings so I could read about it all. And yeah, it's one of those memories that stuck with me for the entire time I've been a jazz fan, but um, God, it, that's brutal. It, it's also that's just kind of let you know just how long of a climb it's been since then too. I mean, but it's been super steady uh, since the Quinn Snyder, you know, era started, but it, boy, those were some dark years uh, at, there for a while. The Tyrone at Corbin the same years. time. The- at the same time, though, that's when we were all introduced to my beautiful son, Derek Favors. That's right. Favors was and he was, is my was favorite of all the adopted sons that I have. I have many. <laughs> I have fathered one, uh, actually, but my uh, <clears throat> my adopted sons. There's a there's a long line, and Derek Favors is at the uh, the head of the table. I love that boy. The Jazz really well, won that trade too. That was the crazy thing about it. I know we really did. So pour one out for uh, Greg and all of his sons. Uh, <laughs> I hope everyone <laughs> has a good one. We'll see everyone next time. Just real quick though. Just wow, I've said bye stop. twice now, Greg. I was just going to ask if Jabari had anything to plug. I plugged his podcast, man. It's all right. Got it. J- Jabari, Maybe send us off. Maybe he has more. Who knows? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to step on your on your outro, but no, thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, bye everyone. Make it nice.